You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning and welcome to Focus on the Liturgy, an uh, element of programming of Catholic Chicago here on 750 WNDZ. I'm Todd Williamson from the Office for Divine Worship with the Archdiocese of Chicago. And I'm Timothy Johnston from Liturgy Training Publications, and I'm in the office today, Todd, <laughs> not in the studio. That's all right, that's all right. The, uh, the, the, the whiz techs here in our TV radio office, Brian and Mike, have set us up, and Javier have set us up with uh, uh, a way to, to do this anyway. So it's good to see you. I, at least you're not, like you said earlier, not just on the phone. That's right. That's right. We've done that for sure. And we can and we can and we can do this. It's uh, for those who might watch on YouTube or Facebook. You know that um, we've been employing Teams and Zoom uh, throughout the pandemic, and even out of it, capitalizing on it and building it up and um, bringing in guests this way. And so it works for for us today, where Timothy couldn't be in the studio. So we are here every fourth Wednesday of the month from 8 to 9 a.m. And as you all know, if you do listen, if not, our title should tell you we spend the hour just focusing on particular elements of the corporate, communal, public, sacramental worship life of the church. Yeah, and we, we've been uh, over the last, well, we've taken some time over the last year, really, to break open different parts of the Mass um, we did in our last show. And so today we're going to continue that conversation um, and, and hopefully wrap up, because um, as you know, Todd and I get into this so much. <laughs> but but the, We the, might. Final, we hope that, to wrap up. <laughs> we hope to wrap up. That's right. That final, that fourth piece of the the Eucharistic liturgy, um, well, kind of moves into um, those final pieces. But we're going to start with the communion rite, then move into that final piece, the concluding rites, because um, yeah. we we finished with the the Eucharistic prayer last time. Right, right. Uh, we've been doing this a periodic series on the four main parts of the Mass. We uh, last year, spent some time looking at breaking open the introductory rites, the first main part of the Mass. Uh, we did a, a great show on the Liturgy of the Word, the second main part of the Mass. Um, last month, we uh, addressed the third main part of the Mass, the Liturgy of the Eucharist, but we only got through the Eucharistic prayer. So we need to finish that today with, uh, uh, with a communion rite, and um, then that leads into the fourth main part of the Mass the uh, dismissal, the concluding rites. So that's that's where we've been. Um, and so Timothy, we, we as I just mentioned, we're still we we are still in the uh, at least according to our our schedule, we're still in the liturgy of the Eucharist. Last month we did we finished the great prayer, the heart of the liturgy of the Eucharist, the great prayer of praise and thanks, the Eucharistic prayer. 
Yeah, and, and we, we definitely had the opportunity to explore some rich images in some of those prayers. And as we know, uh, that prayer ends with the great doxology, the through him, with him, and in him. And the assembly responds affirmatively with that great amen, there so be it, that everything that has been said, um, we agree with. And that's the, the pivot point or what moves us then into the communion rite uh, very concretely, very specifically. And so when we say amen, the assembly rises, um, and we move then into, um, we're, we're invited to gather to pray the Lord's Prayer. That's the beginning of the communion rite. You know what, you, you make a great point here, uh, Timothy. It's, it, it, each, each of these four main parts have subparts, and the communion rite is literally its own rite. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and it has, as its own rite within the order of Mass, it has a definite beginning and a definite end, uh, and as you said, I think it's I think it's um, I think that it's it's significant that the very first thing we do in the communion rite is we pray the Lord's prayer, right? It's it 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 is the think about it, the Lord's prayer is the prayer that unites all Christians. Yeah, and what what's so fascinating too at the very beginning that what the presider says, I mean, it ties into the importance I think, Todd, of what you're getting at, is the presider invites us. The way that he invites us is at the Savior's command, and formed by this divine teaching or by the divine teaching, we dare to say. So it isn't just sort of plopped in there, but that we have been commanded through Christ to pray this. And this is something not just in the Eucharistic liturgy, but we see it in the Liturgy of the Hours. We see it in other, I mean, it is, you're right, it binds all of Christianity in a, in a particular way. It is the prayer that, at least in my pastoral ministry experience, when I go visit a hospital or I've, I've been with a patient that might have dementia, it's a prayer that they remember, oh, they wow. know, even if they may not know. Oh, wow. The other stuff, it's so ingrained in, in who we are sometimes because we, we pray it week after week, day after day, um, that it, it, it's, it really is an important prayer for us. You know, I'm, there's a particular um, insight, I guess, that I, I, I'm just having as, as we're talking about this. Um, and and it, hasn't had, it has nothing to do with the Mass. Go to the order of the baptism of children, infant baptism. And even for the listeners, call to your mind the last time you were at a, a, an infant baptism at your parish, whether it was at Mass or uh, primarily if it, if it was in the Liturgy of the Word outside of Mass. Um, there is a very significant part of the um, yeah. baptism of children. Uh, after the baptism, it's, 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 it's toward the end. The baptismal party moves from the, area, the baptistry, the area of the baptismal font, and they move back to the pews, to the, the foot of the sanctuary. And it's very specific. It says, then before the altar, the priest or the deacon leads the assembly in the Lord's Prayer because, and then the explanatory, the rubrics uh, says, because this child's baptism will lead them to the altar where they will call God their father. So I guess what I'm saying yeah. is the baptismal rite through which, through which we are claimed as an image of Christ by the Father, and, 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 and that sets us off on our, on, our, on our life of faith, 
the, the, the whole trajectory of the baptismal rite, the sacrament of baptism, leads us to this moment. To, yeah. to, to, with the rest of the assembly, calling on God as our Father in preparation to receive communion. That's... Yeah, that, I love that. That's a great connection, a profound uh, connection um, that I would imagine many don't necessarily uh, catch. To be honest, um, I mean, I, I obviously know that's in the right. I've never been to a baptism outside of Mass where that's actually happened. And it's unfortunate because it's so powerful, Todd, of what you're, you're noting, is that we are a Eucharistic community. And this giving of daily bread, this asking of forgiving of our trespasses so that we can share in this, in this communion, that we can share in this Christian life together, um, is, is really, really important. Um, and, it's, and, and Eucharist, of course, is that renewable sacrament of initiation. It's we come to the table every Sunday in order to, in a way, well, it is. It's not in a way. It is recommitting ourselves to this Christian way of life, um, even with all of our struggles, even with these trespasses and sins sometimes, that we, we bring that to be transformed, um, as we've, we've talked about many times on the show. Yeah. And where are we first transformed? But in our baptism. Uh, in baptism. And, 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 you know, to set us on the path to live a Eucharistic life. And we touch back into that every time we begin the communion rite by praying the Lord's Prayer as one gathered family. And then, uh, you know, and then, uh, oh my gosh, you could do a whole show on the Our Father itself. But uh, think, think about it this, in this sense, you know, to call God Father was, oh my goodness, radical for Jesus to do, right? That to, to, yeah. to call Yahweh, to call the Lord Father was, was it, turned, it turned everything upside down. But that's the relationship with the Father that Christ introduces us to through our baptism yeah there's something the intimacy that that is we're invited into which is a, a you're right what 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 culturally what jesus would have experienced was not that type of intimacy with mm -hmm. with god i mean he reveals that type of intimacy that's what he is trying to invite us into a whole new dynamic of relationship um that's really always been present throughout history but maybe not understood by the people, yeah, right? Yeah. And so Jesus comes to teach us. So it's not like God all of a sudden decided wanted this intimacy. It was we didn't get it, and now Jesus <laughs> is coming to show us this way of encountering the living God, yeah, the way to the Father, right? And, yeah, exactly. And, and so we call him that uh, in the very beginning of the communion rite. Um, once we have done that, right? Once we have once we have done what Jesus told us to do. Right in Luke and, and uh, Matthew, and when you pray, pray this way: say, "God, uh, our Father who art in heaven." So once we've done uh, what Jesus asked, told us to do, uh, then we move into sharing the sign of peace, which, um, again, I think is significant for um, for for how most people don't understand <laughs> the the right of peace uh the the uh the the, the priest invites uh, the first he prays deliver us lord we pray from every evil graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope 
and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So uh, already the stage is getting set here for sharing that, that sign of peace, right? Mm-hmm. And and then of course we re, 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 we reply for the kingdom the power the glory are yours now and forever. Um, the priest gives the invitation. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, "Peace I leave you, my peace I give you." Look not on our sins, but on the faith of the church, and graciously grant her peace and unity, in accordance with your will, who lives forever and ever. Amen. And then then the invitation. Yeah, so then the invitation, the peace of the Lord be with you always. And we, of course, respond uh, communally and with your spirit. And then let us offer each other the sign of peace. Uh, And then many, many places may do this differently. Sometimes it's a little more robust um, or boisterous, Um, you know, but but the intention is that we turn to the, the folks near us and we offer them some sign of peace as as a way of modeling what hopefully interiorly we are experiencing, that we come together as one body to approach this table, that I set aside my differences, I set aside the the troubles in my life um, with you or with my community um, so that I can be at peace and in communion with you as I come to the table of the Lord. Right, yeah. And, and I, I think what's significant here is... Um, and and I'm just trying not to not not to <laughs> I'm not to, I'm not trying to be negative and or cast this in a negative in a negative view. But I think that most Catholics look at this portion of the mass as kind of a almost like a meet and greet. You know, turn to your neighbor and say hi. Um, no, 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 that's not yeah. what it is. Um, I, I I think I think there are. I think there are a number of people who associate this particular part of the Mass with a particular gospel passage. And, and I think it might be that gospel passage where Jesus says, if you bring your gifts to the altar and there realize that you have an issue with a brother or sister, go and settle that issue first and then come to the, back to the altar. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't see that scriptural passage connected to this part of the Mass at all. I, I I think the scriptural passage we should be connecting this part of the Mass to is the very first post-resurrection account. What is the very first thing that the resurrected Christ does? Yeah, I mean, that's what you're saying, Todd, though, is, is, is the very first part of that invitation. The Lord Jesus Christ who said to your apostles, peace I leave you. But he gives peace when he sh- when he arrives in that uh, upper room or where they're locked in. Yeah. Yep. Peace be with you. We even see this in the letters of Paul, um, where oftentimes the letters that are written are began with that greeting of peace. May the peace of Christ be with you. So it is a sharing of, of something very specific. Peace. Something very yeah. specific. You know, let's pick it up there when we come back from this break. Stay with us. We'll be back with more Focus on the Liturgy right after these messages.
Catholic Charities in Lake County provides a comprehensive range of social services supporting individuals, families, and older adults. These include crisis assistance, shelter, clothing, family support, counseling, legal assistance, primary health care, and specialized services for seniors and veterans. Grab-and-go meals and food pantries help those who are experiencing food insecurity. Plus, we have a diaper depot to support low-income families and their infants. If we can assist you or someone you know, please call Catholic Charities of Lake County at 847-782-4000. That's 847-782-4000. I feel special. <laughs> I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Welcome back to Focus on the Liturgy here on Catholic Chicago. Uh, we are talking about the um, we're talking about the communion rite uh, within the within the greater uh, umbrella of the liturgy of the Eucharist. Uh, and Timothy, we we've only gotten to the second part of the communion rite. <laughs> the, we we talked about the Lord's Prayer, which which introduces the communion rite, which is its own distinct rite within the order of Mass, and then and then the second part, the um, sharing of the peace of Christ, and and where we went on uh, before that last break, I I think is is really significant. We, we I said earlier, trying not to be negative, but that that I think most Catholics look at this as a kind of a meet and greet, you know, turn to your neighbor and wish them well before you receive communion. Well, it's, it's, it's so much more than just wishing them well. Um, you had right. pointed out, you had pointed out um, right before the break, the significance of the peace of Christ, capital T, capital P, capital C, the peace of Christ. That is something very distinct. It's something very unique. In fact, Jesus says in the scriptures, the peace I give you is not the same as the peace of the world. In fact, the world cannot give you the peace that I give you. So the peace of Christ is so much different than just a, I wish you well. Uh, you said it before. That peace of Christ was the very first gift of the risen Christ to his apostles. What's the very first thing he did uh, after after his resurrection? He gave that gift of peace to his disciples. And you think about it. So not, you know, think about where they were and the impact of that that gift of peace. 
locked in a room, scared for their lives, their hopes shattered, literally in despair, their world collapsing all around them because of the death of their leader, the death of who they thought would be be, the one to establish the kingdom, the death of who they thought was the Messiah, the long-promised Savior uh, from uh, from God. All of that, in the midst of that tragedy, that 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 d- 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 despair what does he do he gives them his peace Todd you just made me think of I mean certainly right now in the world um, over the last week or two weeks we've we've seen unfold um, in Afghanistan this isn't necessarily um, a new sort of scene across history even right but in this this particular time and what you just said about what Jesus, you know, he sort of breaks in at that resurrection in the midst of that confusion, in the midst of political unrest in many instances, even in that time period, and he gives that peace. And so what I was thinking about, how do we, how do we form an assembly? How do we individually embody that idea that Christ in baptism even has given us that peace, that, that we've been shared throughout this Eucharistic liturgy, we've been honored, we've been graced with that peace, and that we become that peace in the world. Um, it, it, you know, we sometimes we think, I, I say this to my mom often, is like we often think that things will just happen magically, you know, that, that you know, God's just going to wave a, a wand and all things will happen. No, God can do whatever God wants, right? But we're, we're instruments in that, yeah. and the liturgy is helping form us and teach us that when we're offering each other a sign of peace in the liturgy, it is also to be replicated outside of the liturgy. We're to live that, with that. we don't just play act here. That it is we share that peace of Christ, so that that peace of Christ becomes a lived reality in our day-to-day living. When I'm driving on Lakeshore Drive, <laughs> and and I'm really frustrated, that's a whole different kind of experience. But but there is something about how does this moment, this peace of Christ, help me be charitable? Help me understand. Um, what the peace of Christ means in my relationships. I don't know if that makes sense yeah, or not. It does. It does. It's 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 something that is so much more than just hi, I wish you well. Hi. Yeah. You know, it and and even the invitation. It's it's not it's not the 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 priest doesn't say to us peace be with you. He says the peace of the Lord be with yeah. you. Again, which is very distinct and it's and it's so much more profound than just simply hi, I hope you're well. And so, I mean, you think about it, um, and and Timothy, I don't, I, I don't know if we've, I think we might have talked about it here before, but there are, there are, um, there there are some ancient liturgies, um, mostly in the East, where the peace of uh, the the sharing of the of peace was done in a very specific ritualistic way. The 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 presider would turn to the other ministers in the sanctuary with uh, hands folded, and 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 the other would take his hands. And they would, yeah. he would say, peace be with you and with your spirit. And then that minister would turn to the other. And then at some point, a minister would go down to the congregation and would, would give it. And, and, and then it would be shared. It would be passed. Right. Does that remind you of anything we do in the Latin rite right now? Well, I, I'm not sure if I'm thinking of the same thing that you're thinking of, but what came to my mind only because I've been editing a book recently on this <laughs> um, is actually what came to my mind was in religious profession and ordination. The the candidate puts their hands either into the hand of the superior or the bishop 
Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's not what you're thinking of. No, um, actually, that, that was part of it. My mind. It reminds me of the passing of the flame at the oh, Easter Vigil. Oh, sure. Because that, that was the way it was done. You would turn to someone yeah. and share the peace. Then they would turn to someone and share the peace. It would, and so it's like that gift of Christ once again ripples through the whole liturgical assembly to prepare them to receive the body and blood of the Lord. It, it, what I, a profound image. I, I just, I, 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 I don't think we get the sharing of the peace. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. It's so much more than just, hi, I wish you well. Right. So yeah. so that that piece of I mean, we the, the, that same image is still can still be there. Right. The peace of Christ, which is so much different than the peace that the world brings, ripples through and touches everyone in that community, in that liturgical assembly as we prepare here in the communion. Right. So the the, the sharing of the peace is significant. Um, we, the, the rubrics say that uh, all offer one another a sign in keeping with local custom that expresses that peace. So um, it doesn't have to be a handshake here in the United States. That's typically how it is. But that's how we greet one another. Huh? Hi, how you doing? And you right. put out your hand. I th- maybe we should have a different sign for sharing the peace. Maybe a bow. We've been doing that throughout the pandemic. And I think that has opened up more um, uh, a doorway for people to see the sign of peace more along mm-hmm. the lines of how we're talking about it now than maybe they did before the pandemic. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good point because the common gesture of, yeah, just shaking hands, I think, can, can easily, it, it just indicates to us that it, it's maybe a gesture that's common. Yeah, we're just, we're just, Greeting people. It's the same. I mean, it's the same as when, yeah. Moment, yeah, I've been in moments where people are like, "Oh, what are you doing after mass?" Like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what we're doing right now. <laughs> I know. Um, so yeah, I like peace the, be with you. How you been? How's the wife? How, peace be with you. How it's yep. that's not that's not what this is. Anyway, all right, all right, all right. So yep. with the peace of Christ is is then shared. It's extended among the whole, and then comes a part that um, where that 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 is is more private. The presider takes a portion of the consecrated bread. Um, and he, he places a small piece of the body of Christ in the chalice, and he says a prayer to himself. May, the mingling of, may this mingling of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ bring eternal life to all who receive it. And that leads us to the, the fraction rite. The uh, uh, the breaking the breaking of the bread, um, the third major part of the communion rite, um, and and uh, Timothy the the Lamb of God most people know it as the Lamb of God is ancient. It's one it's it's um, it, it, it's one that among other places uh, has preserved been preserved in the Latin language, in the Agnus Dei. Yeah, and and that's definitely very familiar, and a very common image um, of of Jesus as the Lamb of God. We see that in Revelation, um, and and certainly something that's been used throughout throughout our history in that. And so, of course, it's sung the three times. Um, a litany. It is. It accompanies the fraction. It does not. This is my pet peeve. So I apologize. I'm going to get on this. <laughs> it does not accompany a minister going to the tabernacle to pull out hosts that have already been consecrated. <laughs> <laughs> because we do that too much in our communities and our documents are very clear. Like yeah. 
people should receive Eucharist from the Mass at which they're celebrating. The general instruction says that. The general instruction says that. The United States norms for the distribution of Holy Communion under both species in the dioceses of the United States. Yes, that's a formal title. They, I know it's a long. They, they, they all, they all make that point. The the people at this Mass should receive the Eucharist that has been consecrated at this Mass. At that mass, yeah. And, so, and, so we have this. So it's litany. important that, that that this this action of breaking bread um, is again. It, you can hear that in the the institution narratives, or when we go back and look at the gospel of Jesus breaking bread and sharing that. There is something in the gesture, even though it may be we're you know we're using that wafer that that smaller host. But if you've ever been at a, a family meal and you're breaking actual bread and you're sharing it, you're distributing that. There's something pretty profound. Found um, in in the act of that, um, so it, it, there's a connection. I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly sentimental. As we break this bread, it is a sign that we too are broken for the world. That Jesus has poured Himself out for the life of the world, and therefore we are called to do that as well as we go go out into the world at the end of this liturgy. Nice, nice. I probably nice. got off to- got off topic. Not at bit, all. But that's, nope. That's breaking the can, bread. Can, go ahead. Can I can I back up just a hair, um, back to what you were saying when the priest uh, puts the host into the chalice or the uh, little fragment of uh-huh. the the host into the chalice, and just a little historic note, because I like that is historically this part was called the fermentum, um, and it was a sign that actually in Rome, the when the when the Pope would celebrate liturgy they would break off pieces of 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 the bread they were using and bring to the churches there to show the communion um, that they were in union with Rome. And so it was an important uh, part. And so that's a little remnant that we, that the gesture is still there. The meaning may have changed a little bit, of course, but it does help us remember our unity um, of, of church um, as well, or at least it can allude to that based on the his, history of, of the practice. I think, I think it does exactly that. We're going to take a break here. We'll come back for more of Focus on the Liturgy. Stay with us. We'll be back after these messages. Welcome back. Es fabuloso verlos. Dobrze jest znowu być razem. It's good to be together again. After so many months apart, pandemic capacity limits have been lifted, and we want to welcome everyone back to church. We can all pray together again. And listen as our choirs lift their voices in song. We've been together in spirit. And now when you are ready, our doors are open wide. Nuestras puertas están abiertas de par en par. 
Nasze drzwi są otwarte. And we're here to welcome you back to Catholic Mass. Throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities has continued to respond to the needs of people who come to us for assistance. More than 850,000 meals and food parcels have been offered to those who are struggling with food insecurity. Over 108,000 homelessness prevention hotline calls have been answered. Over 22,000 people have received mental health services and $2 million in financial assistance has been provided to keep people housed. If you or someone you know needs assistance, email us at gethelp at catholiccharities.net. That's gethelp at catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. The Cemetery Ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago, to focus on a liturgy here on Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. And to those of you watching on Facebook and YouTube, I am Todd Williamson, if you are just joining us. And I'm Timothy Johnston. We're talking about the communion rite uh, in the celebration of the Eucharist in the second half of the show. And, and uh, Timothy, we, we, we have gotten to the part of the invitation to communion. So we've prayed the Lord's Prayer. We've shared the rite of peace. Uh, the fraction rite, the, bre- the, the Eucharistic bread, has, has been broken in preparation for distribution. And now there is the invitation to come and, and, and to receive. Uh, the priest um, addresses the people. How? Yeah. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. And we reply with, Lord, I am not worthy to receive, excuse me, Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. See, I almost went into the old one, <laughs> which, and it's been how many years now? Um, <laughs> Ten. Ten years. <laughs> I, I know. 
one of the now I, one of the things I love about this the invitation to communion and then the response of the people one of the things I love about it is that it is um, it shows the scriptural roots of our liturgy I mean think about yeah. it one of the you know one of the things that um, you, you often hear about Catholics is that Catholics don't know the Bible well, if you look at it, our liturgy is literally filled with scriptural quotes, direct quotes of scripture, paraphrases of scripture, allusions to scripture. Uh, this is one of those examples where it is almost verbatim uh, uh, quotes of scripture. Yeah, I was just, as I was reading that, even thinking, even that very first line the priest says, behold the Lamb of God, that John the Baptist right. uses language like, I don't know if it's exactly that language, it but is. I think it is. It is, yep. John, um, John's gospel. Like when he's calling, um, you know, he's telling the disciples to follow, like, behold, like, here he is. Um, and then, of course, the Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof is um, when Jesus is going, uh, being has been asked to go and heal um, a, a young girl, right? Yep, the centurion's. Servant. Terrible at quoting scripture. <laughs> but but that's what he says is I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Um that 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 you come and and, and heal my daughter. Um that's enough. I, I, yeah. All I, you need to do is say the word, right? And and yeah, and yeah. <clears throat> and and yet it's the faith of the centurion that allowed him to say that, the faith in Christ. Well, those words are being put on our lips at this moment to express our faith. Right in Christ, whom we will receive in just moments. Right, I'm. Yeah. I'm not worthy. Uh, none of us is worthy, you know. But, but through the the grace and the mercy and the love of God, the bread of life and the cup of salvation is made um, uh, is 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 made accessible to us. And and it is thinking about because you know I've heard different people say, oh, is it the roof of our mouth? It's not that. But it is the sense that, that we are the temple of, of the presence of God. Yeah. Like God is within us. Like we are a house, if you will, um, in, in a sense. And so, yeah, it is that that we may not be worthy, but say the word and, and, and we shall be healed yeah. and I shall be healed. Yeah. It, 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 it's it's um, a, a, a profound expression of our faith in this invitation to communion, then, yeah. the, then the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Eucharistic bread and the precious blood is, is in normal times <laughs> uh, is is um, given to the the ministers, and then the re- reception of communion begins, and it begins with the commun- It's the communion procession. Um, which I, I, I love the idea. There are numerous processions in the, in liturgy and there are in the mass, there's the opening procession, there's the procession of gifts, there's the procession of the book of the gospels, there's the communion procession. Um, just that image of processing, of being on a journey, right? And, and a procession is not standing in line. There's, there's a difference. Exactly. It isn't just to get from one place to the next. I mean, this particular procession has, I mean, you could do mystagogy on this in, in some ways, but 
it, it one way of interpreting it is it's a symbol or a sign that helps us reflect on our earthly pilgrimage, that we are on this journey, that we come to uh, God. And that's one way to kind of think of that. But it is that we as body of Christ are coming to the table uh, together uh, in that sense. And Brian um, is doing a great job of showing some footage here. Uh, just yeah. in terms of what we're talking about. And even there, I mean, the, that, just that whole, uh, Timothy, even just that visual uh, for those who are on YouTube or Facebook, oh my goodness, we, we journey together to receive the body and blood of the Lord. Um, it's, 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 it's not singular. I'm not, I'm not standing in line to do this myself. I come forward with other members of the body to receive the body and blood. Well, exactly. Like what what has happened throughout this Eucharistic liturgy is, and we've said this before on the show, um, is that throughout this liturgy, we are being transformed more and more into the body of Christ, right? We are becoming the body of Christ. So this procession is also a sign of that unity, that we have professed faith, we have prayed for the, the intentions of the world, and we have brought our gifts forward. And now, because of God's goodness, we come together as one body to receive the gift of salvation, the gift of love that has been poured out for us upon this altar. And, and, um, every, and everything, everything prior to this has led us to this moment, right? We've been, yeah. ga- we've been gathered uh, out of our individual prayer into the prayer of the body of Christ. In the introductory rites, we have, been, we have entered into dialogue with God the Father in the liturgy of the Word. That dialogue, that conversation with God the Father through Christ continues in the liturgy of the Eucharist where we offer uh, the gifts of bread and wine and ourselves, um, and God gives those gifts back to us transformed into the very presence of uh, his beloved yeah. son, dead, risen, uh, in our midst, uh, glorified, the glorified body of, of the risen Christ. And we take that into ourselves. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and, and I don't want to de- derail this, but what, as you were talking, what made me think of is, again, and maybe this is too negative, but too often we think of this as the me and Jesus moment of Mass. Yeah. And that is not at all what is happening by, by receiving communion, by saying that amen, by being in that line to go forward in procession is a statement of faith that I am united to my brothers and sisters gathered here and the body itself receives. This is why we don't say Timothy or Todd receive the body of Christ. Um, it's, it's because it's the body who's coming to receive the goodness of God that has been poured out. Um, so it isn't this me and Jesus moment. Um, even when we go back to our pew to kneel in prayer, it is prayer of thanksgiving for what this body has received. I mean, there is an individual component to it, but it isn't just about me and Jesus. No, but I'm, exactly. I'm sitting here praying with the whole community in thanksgiving. Remember, the Eucharist is the sacrament of unity. It's unity with Christ, most definitely. It's unity with every other person in yeah. that church at that moment, being united uh, uh, in that bread, in that in, in that body of Christ, that that um, uh, consecrated bread, and its unity with the whole church worldwide, and its unity with the whole church, heaven and earth. It, it, exactly. So it is the sacrament of unity, and I think that's I think that's significant, Timothy. It's not. Uh, a, a me and Jesus moment. Uh, it's not my private devotion. It is a communal act. Jesus took, blessed, broke, and gave to all those. 
uh, present, exactly. and and in that in that we are unified. The 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 receiving of communion, yes, and then we go back and 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 offer a prayer of thanks, and that might be more individual, but it's still communal. We are doing that together. I want to. I I don't know. I want to point out. So after communion, and and just to kind of. Yeah, we're kind of all over the place, but the the priest says, and we don't hear these words, but while he carries out the purification, so if this happens during the mass itself, this is what the priest says, and notice the language: "What has passed our lips as food, O Lord, may we possess in purity of heart, that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity." It's not his private prayer of, oh, what has passed my lips, but he is praying this prayer for all who have gathered in this space, who have participated in this uh, uh, communion procession and receiving the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. May what has, like, I think that's important, what has passed our lips, may we possess in purity of heart and be our healing for eternity. I mean, Maybe he should pray it out loud. I'm not saying change the missile, but maybe that would clue us into that this is about... This is something, something we here. all do together, right? Right. Yeah. After this, the, the, uh, the, the communion rite is brought to a conclusion with a very simple prayer after communion, and that, that concludes the, uh, the communion rite. We'll pick it up with a prayer after communion when we come back from this final break. So stay with us for the final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. I feel great. I got good grades. We've seen a huge surge in our kids now meeting or exceeding grade level. Come check us out. You may have never thought we were an option before. Have an old bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219.
Welcome back to this final segment of Focus on the Liturgy. We are talking about the communion rite, and we're going to move here into the concluding rite of Mass. Part of a series Timothy and I have been doing over the course of the last number of months, uh, just looking at the the various parts of the Mass. Timothy, we brought up uh, before that last break, we just got to the prayer after communion um, and, and noted that the, it's the prayer after communion that brings the communion rite to a close. Um, and the communion rite is what we've been talking about this whole show. And it, it's, it's, I, I said before the break that it's a simple prayer, but I need to take that back. <laughs> Cause it, cause it isn't, it's not just a simple prayer. Um, it does the prayer after communion. No, and this changes from mass to mass from Sunday to Sunday. It's different every Sunday. Um, no matter what the words are though, they have a, they all do the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. They express, they express thanks and praise for the gift God has just given us in this Eucharist, not in communion. But in this Eucharist, this gathering as the body of Christ to do what Christ did. Yeah, I mean, they may be simple in form, but there's a profound message. So here's just a quick example from the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time. Renewed by this bread from the heavenly table, we beseech you, Lord, that being the food of charity, it may confirm our hearts and stir us to serve you in our neighbor. And a lot of them, there's that Thanksgiving, there's the naming what's happened, but it's also giving us a command in some ways um, that often happens is how has this changed us? How has the we been, how have we been transformed and what's that going to do for us? Timothy, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but that was a great example for how this fits in at this particular point in the Mass. We've, we've, we've entered into the liturgy. We've entered into dialogue through the liturgy of the word. We've continued that dialogue in the great prayer of praise and thanks and the self-offering and the offering of bread and wine. God has given us the presence of his son in the body and blood of our Lord. And, um, and then to conclude that, read that example again, because that leads, that leads, us, that leads us perfectly into the concluding rite. Well, I have to find it. Hold on, hold on. I turn my page. Um, so renewed by this bread from the heavenly table, we beseech you, Lord, that being the food of charity, it may confirm our hearts and stir us to serve you in our neighbor. So what we have just done should have an effect, and the prayer tells us what that effect should be. That effect should be that we then go out and serve. We, we go out exactly. and care for others. We go out um, the fifth Sunday in ordinary time that we may joyfully bear fruit for the salvation of the world. That's the prayer after communion that we yeah. because specifically because of what we have just shared, what we have just done in this Eucharistic celebration and in the reception of the body and blood of, of the Lord. And, and it's important to note that we go forth not just as Timothy and Todd, we go forth as the sacramental presence of the body of Christ in the world. Which we have just we are received. dismissed to as a body to go. So and, it isn't just my responsibility, it's all of us gathered right, shared in this communion. Look how seamlessly the liturgy does this, though. The prayer after communion, which always, always, always gives thanks and then prays, begs God that this sharing will have an effect, and it names that effect. In, in the example you said, go out and serve others, and the one I said, go and bear joyfully, go, go and bear fruit joyfully for the salvation of the world, that leads seamlessly into the concluding rites, the final part of 
of uh, the the Eucharist. It's the shortest part. I think I think I, I I know we counted it once before. It could be a total of something like seventy nine words. It's the shortest part of the mass, but in so many ways, it is the most important. So the dismissal of the mass, right? It's very simple. The priest gives the invitation, the Lord be with you and with your spirit, and it leads into a final. Look how quick it is. It's like, okay, you got what you, you, you got what you need. <laughs> you got what you need to go and save the world. You got what you need to go and uh, serve your brothers and sisters. You got what you need in order to go and establish the kingdom. It's very short because it's very urgent, I think. Yeah, I, I love that word. The urgency is uh, what we have done in this place now, because it was for the salvation of the world, we go and act that now. So there's an urgency about making present the kingdom of God or helping build the kingdom of God in our day-to-day activities. So that is, I think, intentional in the Roman Rite, that it is so short, is basically we've done it, get out, like go do it now. Like yeah, You right. have been nurtured by word and sacrament. Now you must live this in a in a intentional and uh, um, in really an urgent way in some ways and, I think. Well, and we hear that urgency. Look, look, look mm-hmm. at the look at the uh, the the options that we have. So the dismissal of the mass. We've we've been blessed. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now look at the the options. We've got uh, go forth. Mass is ended. Very simple. Mm-hmm. And then we've got go and announce the gospel of the Lord. And then a third one, go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. No, and, and, and gosh, I know we've talked about this before, but look at the urgency in that sense of go. Now go. It's a, even that first, the most simple, go forth, right? It's, 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 there's a go forth now, go forth into the world. You, you, you have what you need to transform it into the kingdom of God. Go. It's, it's not like uh, leave. There's a difference. It's not leave. It's it's go go forth. Yeah, exactly. Go. I love. Yeah, go forth. Go and announce. There. It's very active, um, and and, and very specific. Right. Very, they're very direct. Not just go and 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 there is that. There's kind of that command. Uh, go and announce. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Do, do, go, go and go and spread what you have just heard. And I, I have to admit, I, I think that third one is absolutely beautiful. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Um, you know, uh, Pope uh, Benedict in um, Sacramentum Caritatis. It was his first public document after his election. Um, it, it, it was a, a, a response to a synod of bishops to study the missionary elements of the Eucharist. And in, in, in that, he makes this point that the dismissal, he says, most Catholics don't understand the dismissal. He says, in antiquity, misa simply meant dismissal. However, in Christian usage, it gradually took on a deeper meaning. The word dismissal has come to imply a mission. These few words succinctly express the missionary nature of the church. The people of God might be helped to understand more clearly this essential dimension of the church's life, taking the dismissal as a starting point. But Timothy, that's Pope, uh, that's Pope Benedict, taking the dismissal as a starting point. I, I, I just love that. It's like, okay, if you want to understand the Mass, we're going to start here with the dismissal, because that's what the Mass leads to. The whole yeah, Mass exactly right. leads when to I- that. <laughs> When I when I taught sacraments at high school, this is where we always started. We started at the dismissal. When I did, you really about the mass? Yeah, oh always. How how profound of you! <laughs> I know <laughs> that was who knew you were you were ahead of even Pope Benedict. 
but but it, 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 it makes sense. Uh, it just everything that Benedict wrote and then what you just uh, broke open for us in that sense is everything we do leads to the moment because we aren't just to stay sort of in the ivory tower of the Eucharistic liturgy, um, to use that kind of language. But what we do there is we come, is, is that it's the source and the summit, right? It's what feeds us and sends us into the world, and we're drawn back to to uh, to re-engage, to encounter the living God, to go out into the world. And it's back to what you said on the fifteenth or the fifth Sunday in ordinary time for the salvation of the world. And so it, yeah, we we can't just live in the sort of the piety of of the liturgy itself, because it it does it sends us out to something. I I do agree with. Pope Benedict, uh, and of course, Pope Francis has picked up on this and 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 has you know sings the same song, says the same things. Then the liturgy sends us out to be missionary disciples. Is is how Francis talks about it, right? Um, yeah, exactly. I, I, but I agree with with um, Pope Benedict. I don't think most Catholics get the dismissal. It it yeah, it, it I, is I, that commissioning. It it is that def- go and do something. <laughs> Go, go and do. For the salvation um, of the world. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um, I know we, we, we didn't really have time to talk about this, um, and, and just as we we're, were kind of coming to the end, but note that um, sometimes this dismissal or this these final uh, moments, the concluding rites, has a formal blessing. It might be attached to the feast, or there are options in the Missal for prayers of the people. And it's, it's sort of an extra prayer, if you will. I don't know how else to describe it, to yeah. to give us a little bit bolstering as we go forth, um, a little bit renewal, energy, grace. I don't know how to best say that. Um, oh, I think that's a good way of saying it. They're, 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 <laughs> they're blessings, they're blessings, uh, fi- you know, final blessings that, uh, I, again, I think they help to articulate uh, you know, what it is that we are. So you may hear, uh, may the God of all consolation order your days in his peace, grant you the gift of his blessing. Amen. May he free you always from every distress and confirm your hearts in his love. Amen. So that on this life's journey, you may be effective in good works, right? Rich in the gifts of hope, faith, and charity, and may come happily to eternal life. Amen. And may almighty God bless you. So those, those, they, but they do the same thing, Timothy. They have, they all have that ring of you are now being commissioned. You, having exactly. participated in this Eucharist, are now being commissioned to go out. Perfect. Well, as we conclude our time, uh, I just want to note, because we've we've broken open this series, um, and there's still so much to mine. And there is a, there's a book that we published by Abbot Jeremy Driscoll. He's the abbot of, uh, uh, oh gosh, I just totally Conception? forgot. Conception? Out on the West. Oh, on the west, uh, okay. on, the, on the on the west coast, um, and I can't think of it. Sorry, but um, it's called "What Happens at Mass," and it's a revised edition. It's super easy, um, accessible, and it might be something as you continue. You know, hopefully, we've sparked some interest to to maybe break open the the mass a little bit more for you, and that's one of those resources that's very accessible, easy to uh, to get through. And just kind of breaks open a lot of the yep. things Todd and I have been uh, talking about. So what happens at Mass Nice, a great, a nice. great resource. We'll be with you again next month. Thanks so much for being with us. Until then. God bless everyone. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago 
You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.